and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hello, I'm Pat Malone, and I'd like to welcome you to The Church in the Home, where we share the light of God's Word from our home to you. I know the truth of God's Word, and I believe what I heard, yeah, yeah. I believe what I heard. I believe what I heard, so I'm standing on the Word of God. Well, God bless you. Take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 18. So, I've, you know, in the, in the songs today and in the, in the prayers today, there is so much about God being our comfort. The song that uh, Michael sang was unbelievable words in that song, and to think about how God is our comfort and, you know, do we go to him often enough? You know, do we, I don't know about you, but I, I have a problem with sometimes thinking I can handle it and I tell God, I heard in, in, you know, in manifestations, you know, that he has this, but I always tell God, I got this one, <laughs> you know, so I don't have to, you can rest, <laughs> I got this. But anyway, what I've entitled this teaching today is don't lose heart when you pray. And by the way, don't forget to be persistent. So in Luke chapter 18, which we'll get to in a minute, one of the most difficult aspects of prayer at times is persevering. You know, I don't know about you, when I first got into the Word and, you know, from my upbringing, when I prayed, it was like, I didn't want to bother God. You know, He had more important things to do. He had other things to do. And when you think about it, what else does He have to do? He created the heavens and the earth. He knew what he was getting into from the beginning. And he picked all of us. So I, don't, I doubt very much that he would pick us and just leave us. He's there. His desire and his heart for us to go to him as often as possible is bigger than you know, we can imagine, I can imagine. And I don't think we do it enough. We, we say we do, but you can always do more. You know, I coach kids in basketball. I used to, and, you know, they think they're giving me the best, and I know there's more in the tank. Well, there's spiritually more in our tank. So at times it's, it's hard to persevere, especially when things seem like they're going difficult. And it seems like God isn't answering, and he shut off his answering machine. You know, the phone keeps ringing, and we're, we're sitting there, and we just, it becomes hard. I don't know about you, but sometimes we faint in the mind. I know I do at times, and uh, that's not what it's all about. Jesus Christ said, he prayed that prayer, Father's kingdom would come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now think about that. How long ago was that prayer? And has it been, has it been realized yet? No. So sometimes things go for long periods of time and we get discouraged at times. And again, today I want you to think about it, and I want you to take this journey with me and put yourself in this parable and where we're going you know, where the outside is looking in, but have you ever been where you've prayed and you just like, oh God, it's just a little difficult at times, you know? But we have to keep, we keep doing that. Prayer has been prayed for millions of years by millions of Christians, and it still hasn't happened yet. But we have to stay faithful, we have to stand tall, and we have to just believe in that hope because it will come to pass. And, uh, <laughs> Yet it seems like God's not answering his phone. You ever feel that way? And he shut off his answering machine. <laughs> I know, I threw that in there. Uh, <laughs> in light of the problems, it's easy to lose hope 
even when we sometimes we give up praying. Have you ever done that too? Mm-hmm. Where you just forget to pray and your your understanding kicks in and you know you're trying to figure out different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, and really staying with the way as to keep going to God. And we're gonna see that today about being persistent and persevering and what it means to in this verse here, it says to faint not. It's really not to lose heart. Don't lose heart. And we'll see in this parable here what Jesus Christ is trying to teach his disciples and to show them. And that's us too. So we're in the background in this parable because he's talking to you and me. And it's not in our spiritual DNA uh, to not pray and to not persevere. So in Luke chapter 18, again, the purpose of the parable is that we don't faint and that we don't lose heart when we pray. You know, uh, I don't know, I just had back surgery, and uh, the pain's gone, which is great. But, uh, you know, my legs are a little bit weak, and I wanted to be better yesterday. And it's been, it's been six months, and, and it's improving, and I'll get to that later. But, you know, I pray about it every day. I'm going, well, first of all, it's like, why did I wake up that way? I should have been, you know, but it is what it is. So I've been praying to, you know, for God to restore the strength in my legs to be strong and to uh, be the old me. And, um, you know, it's not going as fast as I would like it to go, but I'm not giving up. You know, I'm not giving up. And sometimes the things that we see, little, they're little positive bite size. They're like handholds when we went lead, you know, and you're climbing that rock. It's something to hold on to, and it, it will happen. So, again, here's what Jesus Christ is uh, teaching the apostles not to faint, not to lose heart when they pray. In verse 1, it says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always, perseveringly, to pray and not faint. Right? He's letting the, the apostles, the disciples know, hey, you know, you need to pray and don't faint. You need to not lose heart. And, uh, you know, this is an account we're going to see about the, the widow, the widow woman, and the disunjust judge. And there's going to be a comparison made here between us being the women, woman and the judge being God. You know, obviously, God is a lot bigger than that judge, and we're standing believers, but put yourself in that spot because that's where, that's where we're heading with this. You know, and here's this, this, this powerless woman. You know, she's a widow woman, and uh, she's going to this unjust judge. And she just keeps nagging him. She keeps persisting to this corrupt person. Uh, and he's powerful. He's a judge. But he's an unjust judge. But he's go- she's going to him because she wants him to do justice for her. So Jesus Christ focused on that parallel point that we're to pray always and not to lose heart. And he identifies the hearers, right, as us, and, he de- and the woman, and he identifies the, young, the judge, who's God. Okay, so we're drawing this comparison. Uh, it is strange, but, you know, I'm not going to tell JC what to do. He knows what he's doing. So um, he's saying that if you're persistent, it pays off with the corrupt human of limited power. How much more will it pay off when we go to God? You know, God who's a God of infinite power. We, have, we, can't, we don't even comprehend. I mean, we can look at the the heavens and the earth, but it goes bigger than that. We can't even comprehend His power. And uh, do you ever have obstacles in your life? <laughs> yes, who said that? <laughs> me too. <laughs> Include me in all of this too. 
uh, 40 years of doing this still isn't long enough. When I grow up, I'm going to get it right. But uh, obstacles come in the way at times. And uh, they come in the way of times when we're, we're trying to be effective in our prayer and it was in constant prayer, but it gets in our way sometimes. But Jesus Christ knew he needed to teach the disciples and to encourage them. He encourages them to what? Persevere in faith uh, against all odds. And sometimes we feel that way, right? I mean, I don't, I'm not being persecuted today. I don't have to be chained, but, you know, they did back then. But he said, hey, even in those times, we need, you need to persevere in prayer. Persevere in your faith. Uh, because God is a lot bigger in this corrupt world. I was on the way up here. I was listening to this radio station. It was a Christian station. And they were playing some really, really good music. And one caller called in, and he was talking about the world, how, you know, sometimes, sometimes it seems corrupt. Last I looked outside, <laughs> no one's taking a time out on corruption. It's still, it's still around us, right? And we have our own little things and our own, which, you know, two places we're going to live forever. The room between our ears and the room for improvement. And it's something we need to get better at each day. <clears throat> But God's will, God is still at work in this corrupt world. And only God can do this. And that's why we want, you don't give up when you're praying. You don't give up in your work. Uh, and sometimes you want to give up. I know I do. Um, God brings miraculous justice, healing in a sick world. When uh, uh, Loretta mentioned my son Paul, when he was, uh, he was under a year old, and we had to take him, we went to the doctors, and the doctor said, hey, there's something wrong with your son's leg. Because you need to go to a specialist. So we made an appointment for a specialist, and Jill and I have been praying about it. And uh, I, I was in the bedroom with him, and I was changing his diaper. And uh, while I was doing that, I was looking at his legs, and you know, I prayed, <clears throat> and I said, "God, you need to take care of this." Listen to me, you need to take care of this. <laughs> but uh, I said, "We got to take care of this." And I said, "I need to know when we go there from this doctor." That he is, he's sure that he's okay. And I said, I need to hear the word positive. Mm -hmm. So we go to the doctor's that night, and he goes, all right, put, put your son up on the table. I take his clothes off, and I step back, and I'm standing with shields, and we're praying, speaking in tongues, and you know, he's flipping them over. He's looking at his, his hip, and he flips them over again, and he goes to me, which leg is it? And I said... <laughs> Uh, you tell me, you're the doctor. <laughs> you know. So he's looking at him again, and, and he goes, there's nothing wrong with your son's legs. They're fine. It was his hip. He goes, there's nothing wrong with his hip. So the immediate feeling was, oh, this is great. The old man kicked in and go, are you sure? <laughs> Doctors, he goes, Put, dress him up, meet me in the office. So... Uh, he gets in, he's walking out of the office and he gets in the doorway. He's standing in the doorway. He turns around, he puts his hand on the, on the side of the door and he goes, Mr. Diaspara, I am positive wow. your son's legs are fine. Wow. So God listens to us. He hears our prayer. I gave him something to do that night. And, uh, <laughs> but anyway, this woman's persistence leads to the judge to act justly. And God is the unseen actor in this in this uh, this story here, and prayer is hard work at times. It really is, and we take it lightly. You know, 
if, if we pray more and pray all the time when crisis comes, and you know, God forbid it isn't major crisis in our lives, then we don't have to skip a beat because we've been consistent and persistent in our prayer. And then it's not like, oh, the world just blew up on us. You know, that's why it's so important. And the more you pray, the purer your heart becomes because you have that, that prayer thing going all the time, that, that communication with the Father. And that's what this is all about today. And, and we heard in prayer tonight about walking out today, walking out of here. And, you know, these are things that you've probably heard before, but if I can get you to the place where you just see it a little bit better, it sinks in your heart just a little bit more, and you stand on it a little bit more, then hopefully I've done my, my not a job, my privilege today to be able to do that. Um, and it's easy to faint in prayer because the, what does the adversary hates? He hates prayer. Why? Because things happen when you pray. So he doesn't want you to be there. You know, we all learned John 10.10 in the class. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't want you to have a powerful prayer life. He does not because things, things happen. So, but on the other side, when we're praying, we're really sticking it to him. And uh, <laughs> you know what? If prayer was, if prayer was easy, uh, was powerless, it'd be easy. But at times when you don't see results, we forget the power of prayer. And here's what Jesus Christ is saying. Hey, you're not going to see something right away, but it doesn't matter. You pray more. You stay, you stay faithful. Sometimes with us in our lives, prayer becomes a last resort um, rather than a first response. So let's read this verse, this uh, account here. So he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God. He didn't, he didn't care about God. He didn't respect God. Uh, neither regarded men. He didn't care. He thought he was the bomb. He thought he was that guy. But he wasn't. But he thought that. And there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. Um, you know, widows back in that time, you know, they, they were relying on what their husbands did for them. And now she became a widow, and some thief or somebody, you know, avenged, you know, took what she had away. And, uh, you know, it wasn't good. Verse 4, oh no, verse 3. And others, there was a widow, we said that one. Verse 4, and he would not for a, a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I fear not God, nor regard men, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her... Continual, I love this, continual coming, she wearies me. <laughs> nah, I know you women don't do that. But, <laughs> you know, but she, oh my gosh, I was only kidding. <laughs> you know, that word weary is like a boxer. You know, the boxer keeps going, he keeps trying to penetrate and get to that place where he overcomes his you know, his opponent, and he wears him down. And he just keeps punching away, punching away, hitting the body. That's what this word weary is all about. Um, she had to overcome the judge's reluctance to help. And we sometimes do the same thing uh, when we pray. We use our persistence to overcome God's reluctance. Mm. Ever been there before? <laughs> just, I know it's just me, but... Uh, so Jesus Christ is telling them, don't lose your heart. He's saying, we want to change it. 
when God delays, but we have to be patient in prayer. It will build God's character in us. Verse 5, Yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. She nagged him. She pestered. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. You know, again, the more we pray, the more we build God's character. His character is pretty on point. <laughs> you know, so, but we, as we pray, we build that character, God's character in us. And that's important. <laughs> that is so important. So pray always and do not lose heart. One of my favorite verses in Isaiah 26, 6-3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because he trusteth. Indeed. we got to do our part too. We have to trust God. And the more you pray and the more you see things happen, it's like confidence. You know, you, you build your confidence. Trust goes the same way. The more you, you do that and, and develop more of God's heart and see things happen, you know, you'll become better at that. <laughs> I wrote this down. Our God is righteous, right? We come to a God of perfect character. We come to a God who loves to care for his children. We come to God who is kind and gracious. We come to God who knows us. We heard that in prayer manifestations today, that God cares for us. Oh, my God. No matter what we do, no matter how you screw up, he still cares for you. He still loves you. Don't ask me how many mistakes I made this morning already. You know? We come to a God who knows us. We come to a God with an advocate, Jesus Christ, who pleads our case. He's the guy I want pleading for me. You know, Paul's good, Timothy's good. I want, I want Jesus Christ as my advocate. No offense to the rest. We come to a God with the right of constant access, a God who has personal interest in each and every one of you. He knows the hairs on the top of your... Well, <laughs> Sorry, brother. <laughs> but as many as we have, you know, he, he remembers us when we were born. How's that? When we had a lot of hair. Uh, <laughs> look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I've had this Bible for 40 years. Chilla got it for me. It has my name on it. Anyway, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It's a long verse, so bear with me. Verse 17. It says, pray without ceasing. <laughs> Short and sweet and to the point. It says all times we ought to pray. Now, is it... This word here, ceasing, is... is comes from like, uh, there's an analogy of, of uh, an army. And what the troops would do is they would go out and attack. And then they'd come back and regroup. And then they would attack again. And they'd come back and regroup. And they would attack again and again and again until victory. That's ceasing. So we pray. You know, do we have to go to work every day? Some of us, some of us don't. 
Uh, we have families, we have kids, but we go, we attack, we pray, we regroup. We go and pray again. We, that's praying without ceasing. So I know, so you know what you should, I think we should do is, is that you have a trigger that triggers something in your mind that tells you when to pray. You should all figure something out like that, that when you think of that one thing, it just reminds you to pray and it gets you going. So be honest, most of, the, most of us think that that's impossible, right? We have to go to work, we have kids, we have spouses, or a spouse, <laughs> we have to cut the grass, we have to pay the bills, we have to cook dinner, you know, we have to, so many things we have to do, so how can we pray all the time? You know, it's, it seems impossible, and I wrote this down for you. If you put a little dash in between the word um and possible, it says I'm possible. So it's not impossible with God. Anyway, we have those things, we have kids, Jesus Christ didn't live in the desert and pray 24-7. You know, he, he knew when to pray. He's someone who needed to pray the least, but he prayed the most. And uh, he was dependent on the Father. Look in Luke chapter 5. This is verse 17, and it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors in the law sitting by, which, am I in chapter 5? Yeah. I'm sorry, verse 16. It says, and he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. You have to have your own little wilderness where there's times where you go in your own little wilderness and you pray. And you get serious about it. Not that you're not the other times, but you're just focused that you're ready to go. Uh, we pray all the time. It's not a spectator sport. It's not optional activity for the believer. It is a necessary, a necessity, and it acknowledges our total dependency on God. We can't do it with, with, without alone. Can't do it. So don't try. You know, we, we, we worry about more of our ability or instead of God's ability to deliver. You know, that's not the place where we want to be. Um, we have the abilities and try to be independent, and we go without prayer, and that's not a good thing. And I've done that. I got this. Relax. I can do this one. And, you know, that's probably the time when you hit the wall. You hit that wall, you feel overwhelmed. And, you know, how am I going to get this? Everybody's shaking their head. I know it's true. We all do it. You know, how are we going to get this done in our day? Got to trust in God. Who knows Proverbs chapter uh, 3, verse 4 and 5. Trust in the Lord with all my what? Heart. Lean not unto thy own understanding, right? Acknowledge him, and he shall. Pretty simple. So don't ever lose heart in prayer, because sometimes God delays. And, uh, you know, I'm still waiting for my legs. I'm not going to get bummed out about it. Well, sometimes I do. Uh, and he's speaking to the disciples, wanting them to learn how to be persistent and how to be patient. And uh, you know, he's addressing their discouragement. He knew that the coming would be delayed. You know, they wanted him to come back right away, and they, he knew it would be delayed, and he knew they were going to go through this. He knew that they were going to go through persecutions. 
you know, but he wanted them. He's trying to teach them to persevere. Don't lose heart. Uh, same thing for us. They were going to be mocked. You know, fortunately, most of us don't get mocked. Think about Noah, how long it took Noah, all those years. And God said, hey, don't worry, there's going to be rain. Don't worry, there's going to be rain. And all those years went by. Uh, so there'd be hardships, there'd be persecutions. Through human perspective, it would seem that God is not answering or even listening when we pray because we don't see things. And the parable here shows at all times that we ought to pray. And there's two, two characters in this parable, which we're going to take a look back in, in, in a little bit further. But, I mean, think about that. Could you imagine if you were Noah? And you said there'd be rain and a couple of weeks go by. <laughs> you know, a year goes by. You know, how about Lot? I mean, say, all of a sudden, you know, it's like all this time goes by. And we, we're in that place. We, want, we pray. We want things to happen yesterday. And then when it doesn't happen, you know, we're like, God, why is it? Why? You know? And the why sometimes is we live in this world and the, the adversary is the God of this world. God has given us tools to, to combat that to the best of our ability and do what we have to do. So uh, it's not always easy. I remember, you know, I had back surgery, but I'm an amputee. And 26 years ago, I remember, I had this bone infection. And I used to walk outside every night from my house, and I'd walk up and down the street praying for God to take this from me, to get rid of it. And... Uh, it went on for, you talk about the one with the issue of blood, it went on for 26 years, you know, praying for this infection that I had to go away. You know, unfortunately, or fortunately, the way God had it done was, is, you know, we had to get rid of the problem because uh, it turned into cancer. But we got rid of the problem, and I'm here to tell you the story, you know, that might not be the way I wanted it, but I'm alive. And I'm sitting here with you getting blessed by looking at all your faces today. And I could sit and do this for a long period of time, just stare at you guys. <laughs> I wish all of you could come up here and see what you look like out there because it's a blessing. But, you know, I used to go out and cry every night. You know, what's going on? Uh, I'm praying, I believe I'm believing. How do we get rid of this? And uh, 26 years was a long time. And then it, it didn't happen. But, there's two characters in this, in this parable that we're going to take a look at. But first, before we do that, we're going to take a little break. Don't wander too far. Uh, you can only have a half a cookie, but you know, go to the bathroom. Uh, and when you come back, we'll take a look into this parable a little bit deeper about the widow and, and the judge. Uh, so we'll see you in a few minutes when you come back. Back and look at this, this parable of the two, uh, two characters in this parable. Before we do that, though, talking about prayer and, and persevering. And, and I've been praying, and it's so great that we have each other, isn't it? Yeah. I have a companion. They call her my wife. <laughs> and she knows my frustrations, and she's sitting there, and she's praying. And one day she comes up to me, and she says, hit the button. She says, I have a physical therapist. She goes, change therapist. Because I was, I, I mean, two months, three months, four months with the same therapist, and I'm not progressing. No one's evaluating me. And she's been praying, and God tells her to tell me, change therapist. I go and change therapist, and I found a therapist now that I go to, not a mental one, physical. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
that is doing things for me that didn't happen before. And then and we got to each other, right? And then I have Loretta. And one day I was here and I was telling her about that. And she said, I'm really going to focus in on praying for you. And I know she prays for me all the time anyway. But that day in our conversation, she said she was going to focus in and really pray for me. How, well, how thankful am I? And then the next time I saw her, I was able to tell her, since we spoke and since we changed therapists, there's been improvement. Yeah. You know? But my point here is we have each other, right? Yeah. I mean, I have my companion. I have my, my sister in Christ who loves the daylights out of me and, and her husband and all of you to pray for each other. We need to take, and we should take advantage of that, right? So again, remember, there's two characters in this parable. There's the wicked judge who cares about no one but himself. He knows he's a scoundrel. And when he thinks about this pesky woman, he admits in his own mind that he doesn't fear God, he doesn't respect man, and he's trying to get rid of her for relief. Because <laughs> she was annoying. He was emotionally beat up by her non-stop nagging. You're still on this journey with me, right? Yes. And you're seeing this. And it's Jesus Christ telling the disciples that you're going to be like that nagging woman. You should be. To be persistent. To not lose heart. And to keep praying. Then there's the needy woman, the widow. And again, remember I told you the widows, they were very vulnerable. There was no vocation for women. She was dependent on what her husband had, had left her. And now someone cheated her out of uh, what little she had to live on, which is not a good thing. So she goes to the judge to ask for justice. And he doesn't think she ha he has much to offer, so he says to the bailiff, you know, get this woman out of here. And he thinks he's done with her. You know, he is, the bailiff squats her out, and he's like, all right, got rid of that one. And he thinks he's done. That's wrong. No sooner he, the judge leaves the courtroom to go home, who's standing there waiting? This needy woman. He goes out for lunch, gets a burrito. <laughs> who's there? This needy woman. He goes back to the courtroom, spends his day, comes out ready to go home. Who's there? The needy woman. She was persistent. You know, she was like that boxer. She was going to pound the way until she felt victory. She was like that, that army group that was going to attack, regroup, attack, regroup, until there was victory. That's this woman. And that's how we should be. That's what Jesus Christ is telling the disciples. That's where I need you to be. Because this woman kept dogging him. The next morning, she, he, he wakes up to go to work. She's there. She's sitting in a wooden cart ready to go. She's there. The door of the courthouse, she's waiting. So finally after time, even though he doesn't fear, and res fear God and respect man, he doesn't care about the woman, he grants her her request to get rid of her. Verse 8 says, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on earth. But anyway, he, he gets rid of this woman. He grants her. Why? To get rid of her. So now think about it. If an unjust scoundrel, a creep, not that guy, is willing to 
take care of this needy woman, how much more can God do for you? How much can he do for you? And you. And you. And you. It, it, it goes beyond what we comprehend. Uh, he grants her a request to get rid of her. So we'd be greatly mistaken if we think Jesus Christ is teaching that God was a nasty judge, because he's not. Remember those things I read to you earlier? God, think about what God would do for his children. It just it blows me away. And what about delays when you don't get something like now? Right? You want it now. I want it. Just think about these things. Look in Psalm 103. You can keep your foot in Luke 18. Verse 13, it says, Like a father pitieth, a father loveth his children, so the Lord loveth them that fear him, that reverence him. Who have, anybody have children here? Okay. How much do you love that kid? Right? First there was just you and, and your husband, or your, and then there was this little person. And the love that immediately happens when that baby arrives, or if you don't have children and there's a friend or you're a parent, think about that love. You can't describe it, right? You can't even, like, this is not, you can't even, up to the sky, it's, it's still not big enough. God loves you more than that. <laughs> Gave his only begotten son so that you can have life, a more than abundant life. Why wouldn't we pray to him? Why wouldn't we be persevering, being persistent? <clears throat> if God was like that nasty judge, no way. That, that judge was callous, but yet he granted this. So we're looking at Psalm 103.13. Let, let's go back to verse 11. It says, For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father loveth his children, so the Lord loveth them that fear him. God loves you more than you can imagine. He loves you more than you can imagine. God never delays answers due to lack of care or power. Ephesians 3.20, who knows that? Let's take a look at it real quick. You know, one of my favorite verses. Uh, one of these days I'm going to really understand it. Grace, you want to read it? It says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Think about that. Experienced, anything you've experienced, God can do better. It's beyond experience. Ability, it's beyond our ability, way beyond. God can do better. Beating our need. Just think about it. God meeting our needs, we're never going to drain his supply. Mm -hmm. Never. Never, never, never. Don't ever think for one second ever again, any, any of you, 
that you can't bother God with the slightest, smallest little thing. He'll be bored if you don't. He'll have nothing to do. <laughs> so we need, to, we need to go to God as often as possible. God's delays are for a good reason, even though we don't get to see and understand it. The widow was delayed because the judge was unjust. But in the end, he took care of it. But that's never the case with God. God never gets irritated with our frequent requests. Never. You know, you're in the car. God, I'm lost. Which way should I go? I mean, it seems like a nothing thing. I got GPS. No, I'm going to ask God. He doesn't care. He's got a supply that we just don't understand. Think about it. It's been over 2,000 years, and we're still waiting for Jesus Christ's return. We've prayed for it. Uh, we've prayed for these things and have not received answers. What does speedily mean? We'll take a look. It's hard at times, but we have to understand God's timetable and not ours. Second Peter chapter five, uh, 3. With God, a thousand years, it could seem like a day. Chapter 3, verse 8. It says, Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. I mean, not that I, we have to wait a thousand years for something. But, <laughs> you know, but um, we have to understand God's tab table, you know. He's saying, look, I, I want it now. He's going, wait, 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 I got something better. No, 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 I need it now. No, 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 there's something better. Just be patient. Keep praying. You know, it's not a... I think about last night, I'm sitting at the dinner table with my uh, God's precious cargo, my granddaughter, Emma, and we're eating dinner. And, uh, you know, she's done eating way before us. And, you know, she's doing like this. She wants, she wants one of us to pick her up, right? And we're not finished dinner. You know, not happening yet. But to, to that child, it seemed, probably seemed like an hour. For me and for Shields, maybe she waited another two minutes. So think, you know, think about that when it comes to when it comes to prayer, you know. <laughs> She's so funny, that kid. They melt your heart. <laughs> Remember, God, what did God tell Noah? There's going to be a flood. And how many years went without a drop of rain? Think about it. Abraham was promised a son. How long did that take? How many years before Isaac was born? Speedily by God's calendar is not the same as ours. We want things yesterday. Prayer is not a token hope. It's not group therapy. It's not idle wishes. Prayer gets your mind off your ability to ask and onto God's ability to deliver. So prayer is a continual conversation with God. There's never a day you'll get, you're not going to get an audience with him. Never going to be, there's not going to be a sign on the door gone fishing. <laughs> you know, there's not going to be, no, not now, I'm busy. It's never, ever going to happen. Sorry to say, he is never going to do that to you. Continual conversation with God. There is never a day you cannot get an audience with God. I love that. Let's go back to 1 Thessalonians.
we'll, we'll close here. It says, pray without ceasing. Remember, we, we, we talked about the word ceasing, what it means. I mean, we can't do it every second of our day. But build that trigger point in your life to, to remind you. I was, that conversation I had with Loretta that day, she told me that one of the times, see, I pay attention, one of the times she uses to pray is when she's driving, driving home, because she's got this period of time, and she just locks in, you know. Find that time in the wilderness where you lock in. I mean, you pray throughout the day, but if you have that trigger, oh, okay, speak in tongues. If you don't, pray with your understanding, or do both. How about just praying to tell God you love Him? Mm -hmm. So many times we forget we go to God with our needs. I mean, last I heard it said, God shall supply your need. You know the difference between supplying a need and meeting a need? I'm not going to use the analogy I usually use, but... Um, it's like Loretta gets up again and she has something to say again. And I'm bawling my eyes out. And it's like, oh, nuts, I need a tissue. Bam, it's right here. <laughs> it was supplied in this little, this little drawer. Now, same thing, she gets up and she's sharing. I'm back there and I have no tissue. And someone hands me a tissue. My need is met. Here it's supplied. Back there I needed it to be met. But God will do either way. He's, he doesn't have a problem with that. He'll go either way. So, you know, he'll supply it as best he can. You keep praying and believing and, and walking out on God's word and continue establishing that, that true and vital spiritual relationship with the Father because he loves you. He loves you more than you can comprehend. There isn't anything he wouldn't do for you. So never forget that. A man who wins may have been counted out many times, but he didn't hear the referee and he got up. We got to get up sometimes. Sometimes we get knocked down. Okay. All right. I'll do it again. You know, we get up. A man who wins didn't hear the referee count him out. That's us. We don't get counted out. In the confrontation between the stream and the rock, the stream always wins, not through strength, but perseverance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Think about that, right? It's, that's what we do in prayer. We persevere. You know, because God is there. He's, he's, he's willing. He, he will not give you an audience. He will be there for you. And you might not get the answer right away. And that might not seem okay at times, but it is. You know, we do the best we can with our understanding. We walk on the Word the best we can. We keep sinking God's Word within our heart and walk out on it, right? And God will do the rest. And at times, did it, was it fun having going through 26 years and nothing happening and what happened, but I'm still alive to talk about it, you know? And that's a good thing. Could you do me a favor? Could you come up and sing that song again? Comfort? Yeah, right now. <laughs> You're my guy. I want you to just close your eyes and relax and just listen to the words. We're still on this journey, remember? It's all right, we're not going anywhere.
referee. Referee is not counting you out, buddy. <laughs> That feel. Good. Yeah. Did it right. I'm gonna close with this little poem. And... No, you can come through, bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It says, when I meditated on the word guidance, I kept seeing dance at the end of the word. I remember reading that doing God's will is a lot like dancing. When two people try to lead, nothing feels right. The move doesn't flow with the music, and everything is quite uncomfortable and jerky. When one person realizes that and lets the other lead, both bodies begin to flow with the music. One gives gentle cues, 
perhaps with a nudge to the back, or by pressing lightly in one direction or another. It's as if two become one body moving beautifully. The dance takes surrender, willingness, and attentiveness from one person, and gentle guidance and skill from the other. My eyes drew back to the word guidance, and when I saw G, I thought of God. And that was followed by you and I. God, you and I dance. As I lowered my head, I became willing to trust that I would get guidance about my life. Once again, I became willing to let God lead. So I hope all of you dance and you persevere in prayer and you don't lose heart when you pray. Be persistent and consistent. Thank you. You can't bring me down, the word is on my mind.